What up, people? Welcome to the Mind Body Hoops podcast. This is your host, Max McCoy. And just a little preface what this podcast is about. It's about us learning together. It's about us bringing on some of the top performers or the top experts in the world and asking them, you know, how we can improve our games, but more importantly, how we can improve our lives. Because I'm trying to bridge the gap between what makes a, a hooper healthy and what makes a human healthy. So in life, man, some of the things that make us better at basketball usually make us better at life and, and vice versa. The things that improve our lives carry on into the court. So this podcast is all about how we can improve our lives, how we can improve our games and become those well-rounded hoopers and, and humans that are just poised to perform better in all aspects. So I hope you take away things that you can apply immediately. And, uh, you know, applied knowledge is really the key here. Like take some shit from this podcast, even if it's one tiny little nugget and try to apply it to your life. And uh, there's no measuring the ripple effects that one small change can have on your life. So I hope I'm bringing you value in this uh, podcast. I'm having a blast talking to some of these awesome people and and hope you guys enjoy. So uh, welcome to the Mind Body Hoops podcast. You've heard this notion before that like our bodies are like machines. And if you want your machine to run properly, you've got to put the right fuel in it. If you had a race car, you wouldn't just put some shitty gasoline in it. You would put probably the best gasoline in it if you're going to race that race car as best as you could. And like that, our bodies are these temples that we need to be mindful of kind of what the foods we put in so that our bodies, a.k.a. our machines, can perform at their best. And that's why I wanted to bring on a nutritionist and see if we could kind of help ourselves in that aspect. For me, food has always been something I intuitively understand and that like if I put the right foods in my body, I'm usually thinking better. I'm usually performing better. I'm recovering better. I get that. But, you know, I wanted to hear from an expert. I'm no fucking expert. I'm no doctor. So today I'm joined by Emily Zeidman. She's a certified nutritionist and she has a really cool holistic approach to nutrition. She's got a great background in terms of how she kind of came into this role. Um, And she brings in this like similar vibe that I do, this whole human approach. And what's cool about how me and Emily connected is it was super organic. I wasn't really even sure how I came across her page in the first place. But when I did, I was like, oh, she seems like a really cool person to bring on the podcast. And I reached out. She said yes. And we ended up having a really awesome conversation. So this podcast is about kind of a holistic approach to nutrition Um, holistic meaning kind of a whole person approach. So not just treating the food, but treating the the mindset we're in and and the body as well. We talk about keys to kind of putting the right foods in our body. We talk about the keys to putting in, you know, the right quantities. I bring up objections. So I say like, yo, what if I don't have the right money? What if I don't know how to do this and this? So I bring up objections to what she says to try to play devil's advocate. And Emily did an awesome job of kind of taking those and and, and pointing us in the right direction. So from this episode, you should have a better grasp on how you can eat better, how you can put better things into your machine of a body and how we can perform at our best using a well-rounded nutritional approach. So hope you guys enjoy this conversation I had. I really enjoyed it Um, with Emily Zeidman, certified nutritionist. Um, And I'm recording. Emily, thank you for being on the podcast. Um, It's cool. Like I said, stumbling upon people's pages and and not really sure of how I found them, but I was glad I found you. I like that you had like a very holistic approach um, to what you do. And, and so I appreciate you hopping on the podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. Um, I'm in, I'm in a public library in a, in a private room. So I hope the sound isn't too echoey. I'm in a new location today, but um, I guess we'll start off by just for the people that don't know. And for a little bit more for me, like, what do you do and kind of how did you get where you are, Emily? 
Uh, so I'm a certified nutritionist. I have my master's in nutrition research. So I actually, um, I work with clients now, but that wasn't my original intention. Um, I was just very interested in nutrition research. You know, there's so much information that's constantly coming out, new information. Um, and I was at school and studying and thinking maybe I'd work in a lab. I didn't really know. And then it just became very clear that I actually did want to work with people because there's almost too much information out there. And I think that people really need some guidance around food. Um, and so I started working with clients and developing my practice. Um, although my career has been full of a lot of different opportunities when it came to nutrition, I've worked in the, um, in the food industry uh, for some, some companies that have done not just health products, but food ingredients. So I've kind of like had my fingers in a lot of different pies when it comes to nutrition and health. And I'm always looking for different ways to affect change in the health and the food industry and just working with people. Yeah, that's awesome. And it, what was cool about your story, I read up on your website was you started kind of from a just a self-interest point of view, it seemed like. Am I right in saying that? Like you, you maybe had, like a lot of us do, like a lot of things going on in your life and you didn't know, you know, how to like to get food to complement your mentality, basically. So it seemed like you were going through a lot. You had a various different types of jobs and then that was kind of what started you into this path of nutrition. Is that right in saying that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was always interested in food. Um, I remember I was actually doing marketing in New York and my boss one day came over to my desk and he was just like, you should go back to school for nutrition because I spent all day on the computer researching and um, it's always been a passion. And so it kind of took that moment for me to be like, oh, maybe I should be doing my passion for a living. I like so, and it seems like you yeah. have a very holistic approach and like you, you rely on things like meditation and mindfulness and, and then you spend some time, it sounds like, developing your spirituality. So for you um, and for me, our, the listeners, you know, it doesn't seem like an easy combination of nutrition and, and mindset or nutrition and like spirituality or mindfulness or, or wherever your mentality is at. So where does that collide for people and like where'd that collide for you? You know, it's so funny because I feel like mindfulness and nutrition are so intricately combined. Um, and, you know, I had my own like eating disorder struggles. And a lot of that was, I can say personally, and I noticed with clients comes from dissociating. So which means what? So it's when you are you're kind of not living your, you're not living your life, you're not in your body, you're not in your mind, you go unconscious. And instead of dealing with emotions or difficulties, you just check out. And I think that, you know, alcohol is a great example, you know, people who use alcohol because you literally aren't yourself. You just, parts of your brain shut down, you're in a different world. Well, food can do the same thing. And I think that a lot of people use food in that way and they may not even realize it, but it takes mindfulness and awareness to kind of, um, to come, to get, to understand what you're doing when you're doing that, when you're checking out. Um, Cause it can be very nuanced. Yeah. 
And for me, hearing what your story and the way you talk about it resonates. Like I've grown up with females, and, my, and I think it's more. Pro, I think it's prominent on both sides, but with the females especially, with um, their relationship with food. Like I grew up with sisters and cousins, and it seems like it's just there's a lot of external things and, and internal things that go into people's relationships with food and. And for, for, you know, the people that don't resonate with the idea of, like, I have some sort of eating disorder or something like that, what kind of, you know, maybe not as severe as, like, calling it a, a disorder, but, like, what kind of, I want to say, unhealthy relationships do people have with food? And you talked a little bit about it with unconscious. What kind of other things can we look for in, like, common day-to-day things of just, like, this isn't a healthy way you go about eating your food and things like that? Oh, yeah. I mean, eating disorder is one end of the spectrum, but I think everyone can benefit from being mindful with food. I mean, I would challenge anyone to sit down for lunch or dinner tonight and see after how many bites they've gone unconscious with their meal. I mean, there's the first bite is amazing, you know, given that the food tastes good. (laughs) You know, the second bite is pretty good. Typically by the third to fifth bite, and this is, I've asked clients to do this, you're no longer paying attention to your food. You're on to thinking about email. You're maybe even reading email. Um, so we just go unconscious with food all day. It's, we have no respect for the eating process. And research has shown, I mean, it's science that when we are paying attention and when we're eating our food mindfully, we absorb and assimilate nutrients better. So it's... Um, yeah, and I, I'm I'm definitely um, victim of just like I'll start eating and I'll even tell myself because I'm familiar with mind mindfulness and and one of the most common things that like mindfulness teachers like encourage you to do is like when you're walking be mindful or when you're eating be mindful and be there while you're eating and for me like <laughs> I'm I'm way too aware of the fact that I'm not aware when I'm eating sometimes like I'll be on my phone or my mind's r- racing a mile a minute. What's kind of the benefit of mindful eating? Like um, you talked a little bit about it, so we are fully present with what we're eating does that if we're eating like a cake and we're fully present um, i'm sure you're not as like encouraging that so how can mindful eating kind of help us you know be more healthy yeah well you know i would say even with a cake um no matter what you're eating if you are more present when you can be kind of i call it coming home to yourself so having your mind being balanced and within this very moment, um, your body is going to naturally shift into parasympathetic mode. So I'm sure you're familiar with sympathetic mode, the fight or flight response. Um, maybe explain that a little bit. Okay, yeah. I'm a little ignorant towards that. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, so when we are stressed out, which most of us are 90% of the day, we are in something called sympathetic mode. And this, what happens when we're in sympathetic mode is our blood naturally goes to our arms and our legs because this is the fight or flight response. And this is a conditioned response from way back in the Paleolithic times when we'd be out hunting and gathering and we'd see a tiger. And when you see a tiger, your body doesn't really care about digesting or having, you know, rational thoughts. The only thing it cares about is running. So in our day-to-day lives, just the way that most people live, we live in a fight or flight response most of the day because there's so much stress and just so much pressure. And so our blood goes to our lymph. This is not ideal for digesting and absorbing food. So when we get into a parasympathetic response, which happens through breath work, 
meditation and just simply being present in the moment, that blood flows back to our internal organs. And as you can imagine, if you're eating food, you want your blood in your internal organs because that, those are the organs that are doing all the work to digest, absorb, assimilate. Um, and you know, many people notice a huge benefit, especially if they have digestive issues, doing mindful breath, um, centering themselves before they eat and kind of getting into this state. Mm, that's interesting because for me, naturally when you say like mindful eating and breathe and take your time and things like that, it makes me think, okay, if I'm more mindful, I'll make better food choices. I'll maybe eat less of that cake. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's cool to hear you say that because I never even thought of it that way that if we're in this flight or fright response, we're like literally physically not digesting the food the way we should be. So if we're just rushing through meal after meal, stressed and never like slowing down and eating, not only is it like maybe not consuming the right things, but we're also, what you're saying is like digesting more properly. Exactly, exactly. I mean, they, there's this quote, I forget who said it, but they said if you're eating an organic salad and you're doing it with anger on your mind, then you're just consuming organic anger. Wow. And yeah, it's, there's that mind-body connection, which is, in my opinion, inseparable. Um, what's happening in your mind is happening in your body. And so calming your system down before you eat is just so important. And, um, and you will, people notice, you know, that cake looks great. It tastes great. But if you're eating it mindfully and I mean, there's myriads of mindfulness eating techniques, um, but especially noticing what's called the last, last bite threshold that comes from intuitive eating, um, you basically taste each bite and then notice where the cutoff is. So the first bite, amazing. Second bite, maybe it's equally as amazing. Third bite, if you're really paying attention, it's still really good. By that fifth, sixth bite, it kind of loses its magic. You're kind of just like eating, rote eating now. So what would once be a piece of cake that would go down in two minutes, maybe you took five minutes and only ate half of it. But you're way more satisfied because you've actually experienced the cake. So is that kind of an exercise you recommend people to do is kind of be mindful of which bite it loses its value, like diminished returns, basically? Absolutely. Yes. And then you you touched on intuitive eating. Can you uh, define that for me? So intuitive eating is, um, I mean, it's really an approach to, it's like mindful eating, except it's really about getting into your own system and understanding your own hunger um, and the reasons why you eat what you want or eat what you maybe shouldn't. Um, So with intuitive eating, you're really tapping into your own intuition around what your body needs. And a lot of people don't really know what their body needs. They understand cravings. And cravings are very important because they can tell us a lot. But cravings don't necessarily tell us what our body needs. Exactly. I crave chocolate 24-7, so I'm sure I should not be listening to that all the time. Right, right. But there's something there. You know, if you're craving chocolate, maybe you're deficient in magnesium. Maybe you're dehydrated. Maybe your blood sugar is low. You know, there's a lot... That could be there um, or maybe you're stressed out and that's and then it's it's taking that time to say I want chocolate instead of going to get the chocolate why do I want this chocolate come home to yourself and kind of tap in 
Yeah, and I get that a lot. I've touched on nutrition a few times with my page, and a lot of the responses I get is like, I try to eat healthy, I try to eat healthy, but I have this huge sweet tooth, and I'll just eat like pounds of candy or athletes, you know, that we work so hard. So it's easy for us to say like, you know, I've exercised a ton, I can eat whatever I want. We talked a lot. I love, I've, I think a lot of people didn't expect this like mindset approach to her, um, nutrition, and it's something I'm trying to slowly implement. So it's awesome to be able to hear this from you and like get some, some more on it. But what are some of the also, some of the, the eats and don't eats, you know, some of the actual food stuff that like whether you're an athlete or whether you're a normal person, what are some of the things that you encourage us to kind of move towards and stay away from? Okay, yeah. So from a very practical standpoint, um, trans fat, just you never need to consume trans fat. That's a big one. Which comes in the form of what? Um, a lot of processed foods have trans fat. Now, I mean, New York, you're not allowed to even have trans fat in your food. That was passed several years ago. Um, but it'll be on the label. It has to be labeled now. Um, so that's something, you know, if you see hydrogenated oil, that's another word for trans fat. Um, it's just, it's a processed fat in the way that it's processed. Our body doesn't really recognize it as something that we need. Um, and there's just literally no research out there that shows it's okay for you. Um, <laughs> so trans fat's a big one. And then the other one I would say is sugar. Um, now I don't like to demonize food because it's, you know that story of you can't eat this and so then all you want is that thing that you're not supposed to eat um and i think that sugar sometimes is okay for people in moderation eaten mindfully but when you are eating sugar that's like that is the time to be with the food and enjoy it and pay attention you know don't don't take your sugar splurges for granted um and portion control with sugar because it can cause havoc and for some people in particular, it can start to get onto a, um, it's a cycle. So your blood sugar goes up and then you, you know, you just want to eat sugar, 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 and then you get full, your blood sugar drops, and then you need sugar again. <laughs> it's just a cycle. Yeah. And when you talk about sugar, do you also mean um, starches and breads or does that kind of fall in a different category? That is a different category. Um, so I don't... What's your stance on breads? Because it's a mixed thing for me. Because for me, like, I've heard so much where, you know, whole grains are okay. But then it, there's other things that say, you know, bread in general is just processed and like kind of redefined sugar. What's your kind of, as the expert, stance on, on bread? Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't have a problem with bread in general. I think that, you know, if you can get breads that are made, um, you know, not really highly processed, a lot of people have trouble with wheat. So that's something to be aware of. Um, and I think that if at this point, if someone hasn't tried to eliminate wheat to see if they feel better, it's definitely worth it. So that's kind of a side issue with the bread. Um, but, you know, with grains, whole grains are the best. And then if you can have a bread that's made with organic grains and it's done with really simple ingredients, that's second best. Um, you know, a lot of the breads you find in the grocery stores have added sugar. They're super processed. I mean, if it's a vehicle for your avocado, 
sandwich and you're getting lots of healthy fat, then that's great. Um, people, I mean, you need to, you need to do what you're going to actually stick to. So that's why I don't demonize foods because I would much rather see someone having bread in a sandwich with you know, healthy ingredients inside the sandwich than going out and ordering pizza because they don't know what to do, eat. Yeah. And I like that. And I like that you're not demonizing anything. So with that, what do you, without demonizing, what do you kind of put on like the pedestal as like, these are some great foods that you should be putting in your body. And like, no matter what else you put in your body, here are some like major things. So what are the things we should move towards? Okay. So really whole foods. That is my overall, because when I work with someone, it's very individualized. So we'll do an intake and I'll figure out, you know, maybe we should avoid this and that. But across the board, eating whole, real food. So if you could go to a farmer's market instead of a grocery store and buy all of your groceries from a farmer's market, local, organic vegetables, um, whole grains, organic meat, uh, grass-fed if possible, um, the more you know about the food you're eating, the better. So if you look at a bag of tor- uh, tortilla chips, let's say, right? You don't know much about that. You don't know where it was made, how it was made, where did that corn come from? If you go to a farmer's market and buy an ear of corn, you can talk to the farmer. You know it's organic. You know, you know where it was grown. So the more you can know about your food, the better. Is that just easier on our body to process? Yes. So our bodies, they recognize real food, whole foods. Um, We've been eating whole foods for thousands of years. That's what we were made to consume. Um, And, you know, with processed foods, there's so often just, like added added ingredients but also there's a lot stripped out of the food so you want the food in its whole form because whole foods actually contain the enzymes that your body needs to break them down also it's perfect i mean nature is absolutely amazing like that so when you get a whole food you don't have to take your digestive enzyme because all of those enzymes are in there all the nutrients those cofactors that you might need without getting too sciencey that's just part of the breakdown of food it's all in there it's packaged i love that and i love the i love moving people towards like nature is perfect so anything the more natural in any aspect is so much better um one i can hear it in my head like athletes saying okay that's great i should eat more vegetables i should eat whole foods i'm gonna throw some objections at you and hear how you respond all right um i'm an athlete say i i play basketball a couple hours a day i'm lifting weights like Eating these healthy foods are great, but I feel like I'm not getting the calories I need. For me, that growing up, that was an issue, especially when I played competitively. I would play, you know, hours and hours, and my body seemed like it was just running on fuels if I wasn't putting in more and more and more. And so, mm-hmm. if we stuck to the mindful eating principles, we stay intuitive. We're eating healthy foods. What are some ways we can supplement? Maybe not with actual supplements, but like, what are some ways you would recommend, just off the top of your head, to? stay within that realm of really healthy diet, but also being able to consume more calories so that, you know, athletes' bodies are supported and they're not like cutting into, you know, losing muscle or whatever it may be. Sure, yeah, and that's very valid, especially for active people. Um, I would say make sure you're getting enough fat. Fat has, contains nine calories per gram. 
um, protein and carbohydrate only contain four calories per gram. So if you're trying to, yeah, yeah. So if you want to make sure that your caloric intake is high, you know, obviously not right before you work out because fat takes a little longer to break down, but after a workout for snacks, dinner, breakfast, whenever, get that extra fat in. So, you know, if you're doing a stir fry, like go, go hard on the sesame seed oil. Um, you know, I love those little packets of nut butters. You know, they have those little single servings, like 200 calories right there. Um, I'll even, some, some clients that I've had that have trouble keeping weight on, I'll tell them to go get canned coconut milk and just drink that. Yeah, keep going. I, I, like, I literally don't know <laughs> where I can find my fats. <laughs> so keep them yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a big with the canned coconut milk. Because the little ones, even the um, small, tiny containers, I think it's like 180 calories for a fourth a cup or something. Okay. Um, of course, you want to make sure the ingredients in there are pretty clean. It's not like um, too many gums and additives. But um, gosh, well, let me think. You know, people will make fat bombs. You know, the ketogenic diet is really, um, it's really popular right now. So you can find little fat bomb recipes online, which is just, you know, like nuts, nut butters, oils, and, you know, maybe a little bit of a sweetener with a fruit. Um, and those so, are... So for my audience, I'm like, I'm putting myself in their shoes and they hear the word fats. And for the people who don't know about the ketogenic diet that's high in fat, you know, high protein... You hear the word fat and you think, you know, fat. Like, mm. I, if I eat this, I'll get fat. Can you talk to me why fats are important and why they're actually not fattening, but they're actually, you know, ne necessary, especially for athletes and active people? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, so, first of all, every single cell in your body has a membrane outside of it. It, it holds all this, all of the good stuff in there together. And every single cell, every single membrane is made of fat. So there is no part of your body that doesn't need fat just to function. Your brain, your heart, your liver, everything, your bones, everything needs fat to function. Um, the whole idea that dietary fat causes weight gain, it's very misguided. Um, you know, if anything, it would be more about too much carbohydrates causing weight gain. And the reason is because the insulin response. So insulin is a hormone that our body releases when there's too much sugar in our bloodstream or actually when there's any, any sugar in our bloodstream because our bloodstream does not want to be full of sugar. Insulin is released and it takes that sugar and it gets it out of our bloodstream. And so, you know, some of it goes to energy hungry cells, you know, like the muscles, but there's a lot of sugar that's going right into your fat cells because that's safe. Blood, bloodstream sugar, not safe. Sugar in the fat cells, safe. Mm. That, that does make us gain weight, but it's better metabolically and like for our safety mm. to keep functioning. So fat doesn't do that. When we eat fat, we get a very small insulin response. So a lot of the fat that we're eating, it is either going to go to being broken down and used as energy, or it's going to be used for cell maintenance, turnover, and yes, of course, it can be used as fat storage at the end of the day, but no more so than protein or carbohydrate. Um, and I would say there's more functions of fat metabolically than there is for carbohydrate when it comes to immediate usage. Um, so, yeah. That's super interesting. And, and I like how you said that um, 
you know, it's part of every part of our body almost, almost. So seeing that in my head, I'm like, okay, I need more fats, like that right off the bat. And for me, I would go to things like nuts, um, avocado, and I think that's about it. So I like that you pointed me to coconut milk, mm-hmm. almond butter, things like that. Another objection I have in my head that I can hear people saying is eating healthy is too expensive. What do you say to that? Okay, well, that I do hear. Um, and that is, that's a paradox that we're dealing with in this country because you would think that to process foods, it would cost more money. But for whatever reason, the way things are set up, that's not the case. Um, and so, you know, you don't, everyone doesn't have to go to Whole Foods to get their fruits and vegetables. Really, it's just, it doesn't even have to all be organic. You know, going to the supermarket and getting rice and beans, you know, that's not expensive. But those are whole foods. Um, you know, getting as high quality of meat as possible. Our bodies are really resilient. We have so many different aspects of our body that are working on detoxification. And so it's not that you can't put anything negative into your body or anything that's not going to be healthy into your body because our liver, our kidneys, our skin, these are all organs of detoxification. So it's not about being perfect. It's about getting as much as you can and just doing your best like doing your best i like that and is that one of the common um kind of pushbacks you get from most of your clients or is there something that stands out as one of the most common or you know a couple of the most common like objections or not objections but i want to say roadblocks so you're working with your clients what are some of the like expected roadblocks you see and like how do you plan to navigate them in advance is it is it the food that they need to go find is it like money wise is it just staying to a consistent diet? What's usually the hardest part about the the process for your clients? Yeah, I think the hardest part is people not wanting to cook for themselves. That's a big one. Um, Because, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's time consuming. So that's something that I definitely talk about with people. You know, you don't have to cook every meal from scratch. Um, And I like people to kind of carve out some time on Sunday if they can, an hour or two at the most, to just do the cooking for the week. Um, you know, if you're, depending on what type of diet they want to follow, some people don't like doing carbs, they want to do low carb. That makes things a little trickier because carbs actually, like grains, um, stay good in the fridge for a few days, where with meat, you kind of want to do it more fresh. Um, but that's a big, that's a big one. Of cooking now with meal service delivery that's helping a bit, a little bit yeah. it, it is helping a bit okay so that's a big one so I think you pointed out like a lot of you know incredible things like more fats more whole foods maybe less sugar watch keep an eye on the carbohydrates um, can you paint a picture for me like a lot of people say like okay I'm very healthy I'm I'm athletic, I exercise all the time. Can you paint a picture for me um, between like the person who has a very mindful diet and they're very mindful in eating whole foods and all the things you've talked about versus someone who just kind of neglects it and kind of eats whatever he wants or he or she wants. And But they both, you know, are very active. They're athletes, so they're, it's easy for them both to say, well, I don't have to worry about that because I'm an athlete and I'm exercising and burning it all anyways. Can you paint a picture for me between like maybe someone that is respecting diet and its importance on our performance and our lives and our cognitive ability and then the someone who just neglects this in, in, in total. 
Yeah, well, I would say the biggest thing is that if you're in your 20s, maybe even early 30s, you can get away with a lot. And so if you're, especially if you're an athlete, you might go home and eat a frozen pizza. You know, that's great. And you feel great the next day. Once you get to your late 30s, early 40s, that starts to change. So um, in terms of cognitive abilities, I think that's actually one of the first ones people start to see because that is very much related to what's happening in our metabolism. So if we have high blood sugar, brain fog is just part of the formula there. Um, So, you know, if you have someone who's eating mindfully and eating more healthfully, you're just gonna notice that transition from 20s to 30s to 40s a lot smoother than if you aren't. I mean, for a woman, she's gonna notice it immediately with weight gain. That is the biggest thing. Um, So a lot of women in their mid to late 30s really start freaking out because they're like, wait, I used to be able to eat whatever I wanted and now I eat, you know, not well for a week and I've gained 10 pounds. Um, For men, that doesn't usually start until their mid 40s, but they will notice sleep disturbance, um, like I mentioned, cognitive and performance. Yeah, because your body is a machine and it wants to get the energy out of your cells and the energy from the food you eat and process it up and use it and then get on with the day. But if you're not putting good fuel in your body, that whole process, that whole mechanism of getting the energy, using the energy, and then getting on with your day slows down. And I think you might have just gave my whole, my audiences, I would say most of them are under 30. And so you maybe just gave everybody listening like a cop out (laughs) to go eat eat shitty. So assuming we can get away with a lot, and I'm sure a lot of people, you know, knew that and uh, or can feel that at least, there still must be some benefits to performance and to sleep and to overall well-being to, you know, a healthy diet. Can you lay some more of those out? You've done a great job of saying a couple of them, but maybe go into more depth like that. Well, and also let me be clear. You might feel okay eating all of that, but the long-term effects of that are going to catch up with you. So basically the way I should have put it is you're going to feel okay in your 20s, early 30s, eating maybe less than optimal, let's say, but the metabolic changes are happening in your body. And those metabolic changes, I'm talking about heart disease, I'm talking about diabetes, I'm talking about cancer. So it's not, it's not even like a joke, it's actual metabolic changes are happening. You just won't feel them for a little while. But, um, but you know, more in this moment, how you can notice changes is yes, absolutely sleep quality. Um, and metabolism in general. So if you aren't, like if you're, you know, maybe playing a game or out for a run, you'll notice you're gonna hit a wall sooner if you're not properly fueling your body. Again, because you only know how good you feel right now, you know? So if you haven't tried eating healthfully and you think that right now, the way you're feeling is the best you're ever gonna feel, you you just don't know until you know and i can tell you that um i mean i've never met someone who i've put on a healthy eating plan who hasn't felt a million times better when they let go of all the processed junk food so 
and I'm not a black and white person. You know, I don't say you can't eat it at all, but if you're eating most of your meals, even 70% of your meals, real food, um, getting more vegetables in, your, your cells respond because your cells know what that is and your energy can really skyrocket, especially actually if you're in your 20s, 30s, because you're, you know, your body's primed for it. Yeah, I love that. And I, I, there's a quote, I don't know who, who wrote it, but it's like most people have no idea how how good their bodies are designed to feel. And I think that goes into things like mindfulness yeah. and, and eating and all this. It's, it's so true. I love that point where people, you know, they think they feel good, but especially for me, once I went and really took nutrition seriously, I was like, holy crap, like this is how my brain is actually supposed to work and this is how my body's supposed to recover and this is how I'm supposed to sleep. So it's incredible. Are there any... Um, resources whether books documentaries movies if people are more interested in like and i encourage people to check out your blog so maybe point to that is there any resources that you point people to to kind of learn more about nutrition and how they can kind of begin to experiment with themselves yeah um you know one book that i actually really love and this is more having to do with the mindfulness aspect of it is the slowdown diet by um oh God. <laughs> the slow down diet. Got the it. slow down diet. <laughs> Often yeah. unknown. Yes. No, I do know. I just it slipped my mind. Um, he's great. Um, that just kind of gives more of a mindfulness aspect to things. Um, and in terms of just general health and well-being, you know, there's so many books out there that are just diet books. So I really, I encourage people to experiment. Um, I mean, it's so simple. It's just, it's about whole food and real food. And so I almost am hesitant to give a specific book because I don't want people to see anything as dogmatic when it comes to food. Oh, that's perfect. I like that response and that's totally valid. And then your blog is great. I recommend people check that out. Um, and then I don't know if you've seen it, but there's this new documentary on Netflix called Heal, I think it's called. Yeah. And I just watched that and a lot of what you're saying, I'm like, wow, that's like so online. Like that was an incredible documentary for me to like just paint the, the broad spectrum picture of like the mind body connection. I thought that was amazing. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, I love the authors on there. Yeah. yeah um, I mean, there's some amazing, amazing research going on with the mind body connection. And, if, you know, another thing for people to actually become tapped into is Ayurveda, which is, you know, the ancient medicine of India. Um, I'm actually an Ayurvedic wellness counselor and that's an Ayurveda. They basically draw a line between the mind and body and there is no separation. And it's just so important for people as human beings, we own this body and we own this mind and we don't know how they work. And so for people to really understand that you can't affect one without affecting the other, um, that goes kind of outside of the realm of nutrition, but it's that's body, that's our health. So. No, I appreciate that, and I, it, it helps to hear. And it's so important that the people, you know, get that idea in that the mind and body aren't separate things, and like you can't really treat the body without treating the mind, and vice versa. Emily, you've been through a ton, and I love reading about your journey. Is there some? I love to ask this question. Assuming you change nothing, um, assuming where you are right now is where you're supposed to be, and you're helping the people you're supposed to be helping. Is there any piece of advice when you look back on your younger self that you would give yourself? 
Oh God. <laughs> I'm sure there, you know, for some people say, no, I would change nothing. But some people like me, I'd be like, well, where do I start? <laughs> but oh my is there God. anything in particular that stands out? Advice that you give to your, your past self? Um, yeah, uh, I guess if I were to choose one thing, it would be to breathe, to learn how to really breathe because breath is so important. And um, I think I spent most of my life holding my breath. Wow, I love that. Yeah. And that can be, you know, like literal and metaphorical almost, can it? Yeah, it really can. I love it. <laughs> Emily, where can people find you? I appreciate you hopping on the podcast. You're in for, I hope people really take this this episode seriously and, and like listen to it twice if they have to. But um, in the time being, where can people find you if they want to find out more about you? Um, my website is emilyzeidman.com and Instagram is at emilyzeidmancn. Emily, anything you, you want to end on or uh, did we do a good job encompassing any, any last words that you want to uh, leave for the people? Um, I guess I would just say one final thing. If you don't have a meditation practice, then that is another aspect that is really important and empowering. Um, and thank you so much for having me on. I love that. <laughs> it, it's incredible seeing like the, the range of people I talk to and they all seem to come back to some sort of mindfulness, meditation, awareness, breathing practice. So I love that you close with that. Um, and I love everything you're doing. Your vibe is amazing. And you're obviously Thank doing you. incredible things in this world. So I appreciate you for hopping on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I'm kind of hungry after that episode. So time to go put some healthy fucking foods in my body. But thanks again to Emily for hopping on the podcast. I had an awesome conversation with her even after we stopped recording. Really cool person. So I appreciate Emily for hopping on the podcast. Thank you guys for listening. As always, hit me up on Instagram with feedback. I love the feedback. It's what keeps me going. Um, and I hope you guys enjoy this podcast as much as I do. I really love doing this. I'm talking to some amazing people and I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. If you could, and if you haven't already, leave me five stars on the Apple iTunes app. That helps bring me some credibility in the podcast world. Um, and beyond that, I just appreciate you guys for listening. Shout out to Justin Jones, my audio engineer, always making me sound better than I really do and adding some dope beats to this. Check him out, Justin Jones. I'll tag him in the description below. Uh, and thank you guys for listening. I'll see you guys next week. 